Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Happy Monday to you. It is Movie Monday here at the Bottom Line Show, and we have a great movie to talk about. I mean, here we are officially. We just had, if you follow a church calendar, uh, yesterday was Christ the King Sunday. And Christ the King Sunday is the Sunday that we celebrate. Basically, it is what we would like to call uh, the end of the well, New Year's Eve, if you will, of the church calendar year. Starting next Sunday, uh, December the 4th, it's Advent. And Advent is kind of funky this year <laughs> in terms of the Advent season. Advent is when we celebrate, of course, the birth of Christ. And in the body of Christ, we celebrate the Advent season as, you know, anticipating the coming of our newborn king. But it's also the time when those of us who have been walking the earth for many years, who are here 2,000 plus years after the Lord's birth and death, we're also anticipating his return. So we get a double celebration. The world celebrates Santa Claus at Christmas, and, you know, you can celebrate. People are going to do what people are going to do. But in terms of the, you know, and I know someone's going to say, wait a minute, you're a Christian, you're a pastor. <laughs> you should be talking more about the spiritual side. Look, I understand that Christmas is the holiday of the year for a lot of people, and people celebrate it for different reasons. I can't help everybody in terms of, you know, the reason for the season. And I'm not going to get angry at people who celebrate it incorrectly. All I can do is hopefully celebrate it correctly in such a way that people would say, wow, remember what, what does Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? Let your light so shine before others that they would see your good deeds and then do what? Based on what you have done, they would glorify their fa your Father in heaven. They would look to God. So I think it, rather than trying to shame people for not putting up a nativity scene or this, that, and the other thing, I mean, rather we're, we're better served putting on the most God-honoring, Christ-affirming uh, Christmas celebrations we can, whether it's how we talk about Christmas, whether we have an attitude toward, you know, giving or not. And let's make sure, too, that if you're doing a presentation at your church, I mean, by all means, make sure it brings glory to God. Not, I mean, there was a huge production here in Southern California for many, many years called The Glory of Christmas, and they wrestled with this all the time, where I believe I saw Glory of Christmas, saw Glory of Easter. I thought it was very God-honoring in terms of telling the story of the, in the nativity, of course, in Glory of Christmas and, and the resurrection in The Glory of Easter. But it was a spectacle, and it's easy to get lost in the everything has to be perfect aspect of Chris. Well, okay, here's what I'm, <laughs> I didn't mean to do this, but our movie Monday conversation today is about a brand new Christmas movie that does in fact actually uh, talk about that very issue. It's called It's Christmas Again. Um, the, it's Christmas Again movie.com is up at the bottom line show.com. It is a Fathom Events event, one night only event coming up tomorrow in theaters, November 29th. Raina Osby is one of the stars of the movie. She will look very familiar to you because she plays uh, Abigail in The Chosen. Young actress. Uh, she plays the part of Mary, mother of Jesus, in this movie, It's Christmas Again. She's going to join me coming up in a half hour to talk about this great new film. And yes, we will have a pair of tickets to give away because it is Movie Monday. Okay. Um, you know, it's interesting when you think about uh, the movies themselves. And this is Monday is the day after the box office, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, well, this is the day that the that Hollywood either pops the champagne or licks their wounds as far as the uh, weekend box office release. So I want to pull these up here um, because I want to get the most accurate number for you here uh, in terms of how all the movies that we love uh, did. Um, because, you know, obviously we've been talking a lot about The Chosen and other faith-based films for the past several months. How did the, uh, um, the box office go as far as the, the, the big hitters, as it were? Well, as you can imagine, um, 
the uh, the big winner at the box office was uh, Wakanda Forever, the uh, sequel to Black Panther. Uh, it did remarkable box office business. I mean, just booming. Uh, right now, I mean, this is the, so far, the Thanksgiving weekend estimated release for uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, just under $46 million, and that's just for Thanksgiving weekend. Now, let me put this in perspective for you, if I may. Uh, the Black Panther was released on November the 11th. It's a Walt Disney Studios picture. 321,770,000 as of the end of day yesterday. Remarkable. I mean, and it's and worldwide, it's going to go even higher than that. Now, many people have been asking about The Chosen, um, episodes, uh, well, episodes one and two of season three. Um, that's now available streaming, the first season streaming on uh, Netflix, by the way. It opened up on November 18th. And on Thanksgiving weekend, in limited theaters, it had 2,000 theaters that opening weekend, it's dropped down dramatically since then. Um, 1.5 million got the chosen in 10th place. It's still in the top 10. Please understand, this is an episodic television program about the life of Christ. Now, there's a Christmas component to it, of course, because of the fact that without giving away the plot in uh, episodes one and two of season three, Chosen did remarkably well. Uh, last year, Christmas with the Chosen, which featured a couple of Chosen or Christmas themed Chosen episodes about the birth of Christ and some music, and it was quite a spectacle, uh, did about $8 million at the box office while playing throughout the month of uh, December. I believe it was the, uh, the opening two days were two of the biggest days, if not the two biggest days in the history of Fathom Events up to that point. Uh, Ray Nutt, who's the CEO of Fathom Events, is going to join me next week to talk about another project that they've got coming out. They're doing some wonderful things. But the fact that The Chosen has stayed in the top 10 is truly remarkable. Uh, all told, with the release date of number, November 18, on less than half of the screens that, uh, uh, that, that uh, Black Panther is on, The Chosen holding its own $13.5 million at the box office. Remarkable. Truly, truly remarkable, and hats off to Dallas Jenkins and his entire team. And by the way, if you do like to watch The Chosen on the app, um, I believe the streaming has already begun or it will be beginning at the 1st of December for season number three. You can watch that without any pain for anything. Okay. Here's the Movie Monday story, though, that really kind of got my attention. And if you look at the other stories that are out, uh, The Menu, kind of a weird movie, The Fablemans, Bones and All, run, 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 run from that one. That's just a horrible thought. Uh, Ticket to Paradise. Uh, to put things in perspective with The Chosen versus uh, New York Times expose on the Harvey Weinstein case, a movie called She Said about a lot of women who were stepping up and saying, you know, uh, this guy sexually assaulted us. She Said opened on the same day The Chosen did. The Chosen opened on 2021 screens. She Said opened on 2023 screens. This past weekend, The Chosen, Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2, grossed $1.5 million. She said grossed $1.1 million. Total grosses for the faith-based story of Jesus, The Chosen, versus She Said, the story of Harvey Weinstein. The Chosen, $13.5 million. She Said, $4.3 million. Do you think that maybe, just maybe, Moviegoers in the United States are looking for something uplifting. They're looking for something that has some measure of value to it. I mean, truth and honor, 
justice, things of that nature? You think just maybe, maybe? You know, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, we saw Black Panther last week, seeing The Chosen as well. And uh, Lisa actually and Ryan, our daughter, went twice. They went to go see it when it first opened, and then I got a chance to see it uh, right before Thanksgiving. And it's a very powerful movie. I mean, it's very gripping. People will watch this movie, and if you are not familiar with the whole Black Panther thing, uh, Prince T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, was the Black Panther in the first one. Super popular movie, one's the most popular movie about 2018. And then, tragically, Chadwick Boseman died of cancer uh, before they could make the sequel. So now the sequel focuses on his sister, who's played by Letitia Wright, who's a sister in Christ, um, and keeping the Black Panther alive. And I won't give away any spoilers, but there's the... You want it. Truth, justice, goodness, good versus evil, right versus wrong, all this. It's all in that movie. And I could see why people are flocking to it. Some people would say, oh, come on, you know, this is kind of a, it's a fantasy, it's a Marvel comic thing. No, I, I, there's, there's a lot of value in this film. It does have some violent act, action sequences, no question. But the fact that it's on 4,400 screens here in the U.S. and it's grossed nearly $325 million in its first 16, 17 days of release is not a surprise. What is a surprise is an animated feature by Walt Disney Studios, Motion Pictures, that was released just in time for Thanksgiving, was not released to compete with Wakanda. Wakanda came in, had about a two-week head start, and then this new animated feature came out. It's called Strange World. Wakanda is on 4,400 screens, Strange World on 4,200. Wakanda came in first, Strange World came in second. But Strange World only grossed $12 million at the box office over Thanksgiving and is currently sitting on a total of $18.6 million. Now remember, The Chosen is at $13.5 million on half the number of screens. Strange World is at eighteen point six. So what happened? This is a Disney dud, and I'm talking epic failure Disney dud. As in, how about the worst Disney opening in three decades? And it's animated. It should be a slam dunk. A Disney animated feature being released over a holiday weekend should be driving people to the box office in droves. So why is it such a dud? Well, remember that whole thing about morals and values and uplifting and positive messaging in movies that I was just talking about? Well, apparently, even though Disney has high-profile A-list celebrities for voiceover work, we're talking about Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gabrielle Union, Lucy Liu, <laughs> sitting in the catbird seat in the most coveted weekend to release a film, hot on the heels of the most popular movie of this year and probably of this decade, it absolutely flopped and is headed for box office disaster world. Worst opening in three decades for a Disney movie. Why, you ask? We can do a little analysis, balance, and clarity about this subject coming up next as the bottom line continues. Roger Marsh here. Just want to take a moment to thank you for the outstanding support that you've shown to our friends at Preborn. Up to this point, we have a remarkable report to share with you. Uh, Preborn last year placed 25 ultrasound machines in pregnancy health centers all over the country. And this year, they're going to add one more. Thanks to bottom line listeners, you have raised over $15,000 for the purpose of putting an ultrasound machine in a pregnancy health center. But 
but there's more. You've also raised enough money to save the lives of 240 babies. That's right. Their moms come into a preborn clinic. For every 100 women who come in, 83 will have an ultrasound and see the baby's image and decide, oh my gosh, that's my son, that's my daughter. They hear the heartbeat and they get excited either to become new parents or to become parents who will release those children for adoption. Your $28 donation makes this possible. A $280 donation means that 10 babies' lives are saved. $2,800 will save 100 babies. $1,400 will save 50. Now give us a call at 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com today. You'll see a pre-born banner. Click on that banner and make your donation. It takes less than 28 seconds to make a $28 donation that will save a baby's life. Contact Preborn right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Really hope you had a nice Thanksgiving weekend, the long weekend. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we're kind of getting back into the rhythm now. And of course, I mentioned earlier that uh, the Advent season is upon us and people are, uh, you know, kind of gearing up for Christmas. Um, kind of a tragic story here close to home uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. There was a bit of road rage uh, in Costa Mesa that led to a shooting on Thanksgiving night. There was one person injured. Uh, excuse me, one person killed and four people injured. Uh, it happened early Friday, the 25th, at the 400 block of West Bay Street. There was a traffic collision, and somebody pulled out a gun, and next thing you know, people were shooting each other. It's just, it's really, it's a shame when that type of thing happens, and Lord, we pray for healing for those who were injured and uh, comfort for those who uh, are part of the family of the one who was uh, mortally wounded, but you know, th- this is the time of year when you don't necessarily want to hear those stories, though they do happen. But our movie Mondays here at the Bottom Line Show, I mean, the past three months have been so popular with Bottom Line listeners. And by the way, we are going to be giving away tickets to another movie today. It's a Fathom Events event that's opening in theaters tomorrow night. Uh, it's uh, Christmas. Let's see. I've got <laughs> I've got the website right in front of me, and I can't even read it. What is wrong with my eyesight? Let's take a look at this here. Okay. Um, the movie that we're going to be talking about um, coming up just around the break. Um, it's a great new Christmas movie called It's Christmas Again, and we'll be talking about Raina, we'll talk with Raina Osbey, who is uh, one of the actresses of The Chosen, plays Abigail there, who's one of the stars of this new movie, and it's going to be in theaters tomorrow, one night only, and we have tickets to give away from our friends at Fathom Events, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll be taking your calls all this hour. And uh, one lucky winner here at the Bottom Line Show is going to get a pair of tickets to It's Christmas Again. Um, I was mentioning here at the start of this Movie Monday segment that the Walt Disney Company is really shaking their heads over their latest animated movie. It's called Strange World. It opened in second place at the box office, did a respectable $11 million, respectable if it weren't Disney, if it weren't animated, if it weren't riding the coattails of Wakanda forever. And did I mention Disney? I mean, typically when Disney releases, they'll, they'll have some animated release that comes out right around Thanksgiving time and another release that comes out maybe around Christmas time. Uh, take into consideration, for example, um, the, the fact that uh, last year, there was the, the extended holiday weekend of Thanksgiving, Disney released a movie called Encanto. If you have young children ever in your home, as a parent or grandparent, you've seen Encanto, right? It's a, it's a ton of fun. It's an interesting movie. It's got some interesting themes to it, but nonetheless. Over Thanksgiving weekend in 2021, Encanto did $40 million for Disney. Okay? 
Um, that wasn't bad. Got to understand that that was coming off of COVID. A lot of people weren't going in theaters. Now, in 2017, they had a movie called Coco. That did $71 million. In 2018, it was Ralph Breaks the Internet. <laughs> that was $84 million. And then Frozen 2, remember the Frozen saga that came out a few years before. Frozen 2 in 2019, $124 million. But basically, CinemaScore is an organization that rates movies. They do market research on films. And basically, if you're a Disney animated film, you get an A, at least an A minus. As a matter of fact, they started rating rating Disney movies and animated movies back in 1991. Beauty and the Beast, that was an A plus, right? Typically, the average of all Walt Disney Animation Studios have earned at least an A minus. But this new movie, Strange World, got a B. Another thing about Strange World that just makes this so odd is Strange World, as an animated feature, cost $180 million to make. Now, I'll be honest with you. The old school theory about movie was you make a movie, it's got a budget, $40, $50, $100 million, whatever it is. The rule of thumb in Hollywood used to be for every dollar you spent making the movie, you spend another dollar promoting the movie. That's why it seemed like everywhere you turned, there was an ad for Braveheart or Saving Private Ryan or you know whatever the movie, back in the, the, back in the old days when we were younger. Nowadays, though, there are so many platforms, it's not like you just buy an ad on the three major networks and a couple of television programs, and if it's a faith-based story, you try to get on Focus on the Family or something like that. I mean, there are so many different ways to get to uh, to get your message out. As a matter of fact, I'm proud of the fact here at the Bottom Line Show that we've been at this for we're in our 12th year now, and we've gotten to build a reputation and get to know some people in the in the world of publicity. And that's why we have folks ringing us up saying, hey, we've got this person and that person, and you know, are you interested in doing an interview? It makes our lives a lot easier because Tamara and I are kind of uh, contractors here. But you know, we, we, have other, we have other work that we do outside of this. But the idea that the Disney marketing machine with a $180 million production budget means that they had at least a $180 million marketing budget. A-list actors. And they were only able to squeak up $11 million for the Thanksgiving weekend. And technically, since the movie released on the 23rd, that whole weekend, $18 million bucks. That's t- I mean, Typically, a movie like this is going to get, well, you heard me mention some of the numbers. Frozen 2 did $125 million. No one wanted to see Strange World. Why is that? I mean, what? here's the thing. Um, well, part of the problem to be perfectly honest with you, is it seems as though Disney may have overlooked one part of their marketing plan that they can't just market away. And that is the fact that Strange World includes a major storyline that involves LGBTQ same-sex attraction. The story of Strange World focuses on a couple of guys who are teenagers, and one of them, uh, let's see, is a character called Jaeger, who is a gay guy, 16 years of age, and he has a crush on another boy, Daiso, I guess it is. And Disney tried to go ahead and promote this movie 
like it was boy meets boy as opposed to boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. Now, there have been some video floating around here over the past year or so of Zoom calls, staff meetings, production meetings, things of that nature, of Disney-level management. You remember at the first of the year when Ron DeSantis signed into law the uh, Parental Rights in Education bill in in, uh, Florida that basically said that parents would not have their children in kindergarten, first, second, or third grade being introduced to anything with regard to the LGBTQ lifestyle in curriculum, it would not be discussed by teachers. If the kids talk about it in recess or on the playground or whatever, it's going to happen. But the left quickly picked up on it and that, well, this is the don't say gay bill. Don't say gay. You can't say gay. If you say gay, you're going to jail. You're going to lose your job, blah, 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 which wasn't true, by the way. There's nothing in the bill, the Parental Rights and Education Act, that says you can't say the word gay. And the fact that you could start indoctrinating children at grade four in Florida is still very disturbing. The fact also that a leading pediatrician and pediatric psychologist has come out with a study that indicates that the skyrocketing number of kids who identify as LGBTQ is largely due to the indoctrination they're getting in the classroom from their teachers and from the media and from curriculum. But Disney, there was a video of a Zoom call someone had recorded and released the media where they're talking, I mean, these High-level executives, CEOs and whatnot, are talking about the fact that they want to indoctrinate young children. They, they want to put, as the gayer the better, as they, one exec put it, in their, in their movies, in their products. And so they just went right for the throat. Hey, it's the holiday. It's animated. We won't talk too much about that. Let's let mom and dad take the kids to the movies and see what they see. Can you imagine what it would be like If you said, hey, kids are over at grandma and grandpa's house, tell you what, grandpa's going to take all the kids to the movies. Let's go see Strange World. And you go in, and the first thing you see is a 16-year-old boy animated trying to flirt with another 16-year-old boy. And all of his friends kind of teasing him, like like back in the old days when the guy tries to muster up the courage to ask the girl, or the girl is kind of shy, tries to get the guys it's in. They tried to play it in the same way, and the situation completely bombed. Disney is on their way to taking a red bath, as they say, in red ink for this movie. But you know what's interesting is it's not like Disney did not have warning. (laughs) Maybe the red wave that we were told was going to come on November the 8th was actually a red ink wave heading for Disney. Let me tell you why Disney should not have been surprised that Strange World was such a dud. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We are scratching our heads like the rest of the world and asking the question, why did Disney's animated movie called Strange World bomb at the box office? We mentioned earlier that Wakanda Forever, number one, it's around $325 million and climbing. It'll do quite well all the way through Christmas. Uh, The Chosen, the movie that we've been promoting here at the Bottom Line Show still finished strong in uh, 10th place, $1.5 million over the Thanksgiving weekend. And, of course, that furor will die down a little bit now as it's released on the app. And there won't be any streaming charges for that. But still, The, the Chosen has grossed $13.5 million at the box office. Strange World from Disney should have been a slam dunk and instead $18 million. A $180 million production with another hundred-plus million dollars in promotion could only scare up $18 million at the box office. Why? 
there's a very strong possibility that because the storyline centered on two teenage boys, one of whom had a crush on the other and was pursuing a romantic relationship with him, might have turned viewers off. But here's the deal. It's not like Disney did not know this type of thing could happen. Remember over the summer, they did a a prequel, if you will, to the Buzz Lightyear story simply called Lightyear? Now, with Toy Story being such a massive franchise, all four of those movies, hundreds of millions of dollars, Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, how could you go wrong? Well, what happened in Lightyear that went wrong was, remember the fact that Disney decided to include a scene where one woman has a romantic kiss with another woman? And parents and grandparents said, we're not taking our kids to see that. And Lightyear turned out to be a dud. It should have been a bright beacon in the Disney uh, landscape instead, or in the stratosphere, atmosphere. Instead, it was a dud. The reason is quite simple. People want morals and values, and they are not so quick to promote the LGBTQ agenda that says you will not only tolerate this, you will accept this, and then you will celebrate this. People voted with their wallets this past weekend with the movie Strange World. I won't put the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com because you'd be wise to avoid it as well. But coming up on the other side of this break, it is Movie Monday. I want to tell you about a movie that I think is going to be the antithesis of Strange World. It's Christmas Again is the story of a teenage boy who does not have a crush on another teenage boy. Instead, he just has a bad taste in his mouth about Christmas. And then one unfortunate skateboarding accident knocks him, he thinks, unconscious, but instead it kind of sends him back in time. And he winds up experiencing the Christmas story the way the wise men and the shepherds did. On the other side of this break, we're to talk with one of the stars of this great new movie and give you a chance to get a pair of tickets to see it in its one-night-only screening in theaters tomorrow. We're going to talk about its Christmas again, coming up next as the bottom line continues. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. Stephanie Cover puts her client's total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well-positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover. she knows the other side. Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It is Movie Monday here on the Bottom Line Show. Boy, we've got a good movie to talk about today coming up this half hour. Raina Ozbai is going to join me. She is a young actress who is playing a pivotal role in a brand new Christmas movie. Uh, The movie is called uh, It's Christmas Again, and it's got a fun premise about it's kind of got a Dickens-like of uh, uh, take on it where Young guy, uh, it's Christmas time. There's going to be a Christmas pageant at the church, you know, the whole wise men, whatever. He's out riding his skateboard. He winds up, you know, riding down a street where a door comes flying open. This is all in the trailer, by the way. 
uh, comes flying open. It knocks him off the skateboard. He falls and hits his head. And when he wakes up, he's in Bethlehem. <laughs> yeah, 2,000 plus years ago, getting ready as a shepherd to witness the real birth of the real Jesus. Uh, Raina Osby is going to join me uh, coming up in the second segment of this half hour today. and She's going to talk about the role that she plays as Mary, the mother of Jesus. You want to talk about good casting. You'll recognize Raina because she played Abigail in The Chosen. Um, she's a classically trained singer in the movies and musicals, so she fits right in. But you want to talk about, you know, getting it right. Uh, Raina's four, wait, 13 years old? Yeah. <laughs> and she's playing Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, she's a remarkable young woman, and this is a great movie. Now, I mentioned it's Movie Monday. You can already start calling in if you want to, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have a couple of pair of tickets at least. And I say at least because as we speak, Tamara is feverishly working the phones with the folks at Fathom Events and Fandango to see if we can wrestle up a few more. The movie's going to be in theaters tomorrow, November 29th. There will be a the, uh, the, the video streaming and all that stuff happening later in the month of December. But a chance to get in the Christmas spirit the right way to see this movie. It's Christmas again. Go to thebottomlineshow.com or rogermarsh.com. Check out the trailer. And then you've got an opportunity to really enjoy this movie in the, big, in the theater on the big screen. So uh, 800-227-5278. We have at least... Two pair of tickets to give away. And Tamara's working on more. Maybe by the end of this program today we'll know if we actually got more. Just keep calling in. And we'll be taking your names right up until the top of the hour. And then uh, we'll announce our winner. Hey, you know, we've got a contest going on here at the bottom line. And our flagship affiliate, K-Bright Radio in Southern California. And I want to give everybody an opportunity uh, to weigh in on this. Um, the K-Bright team is doing a thing for uh, thankfulness and have been doing so the entire month of November. I mean, let's face it, with you know Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, <clears throat> so many different things that are going on that lead us to want to be thankful. We have a contest going on right now, and there's just a couple days left, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. It's going on through the end of November. Basically, you get to nominate somebody who you are thankful for. And then we draw the name out of our big prize drum. And <laughs> like, like those 60s, industrial, the big prize drum. Uh, you get a chance to have your name drawn or your friend does. And then they win a prize. And we've got lots of prizes. We, our friends at In Touch, Dr. Charles Stanley's ministry, have donated some books and Bibles and things. Dr. David Jeremiah Turning Point, Dr. Jeremy McGarity with Skyline Radio, which is heard locally here. Our friends at Hobby Lobby have given gift cards and In-N-Out Burger. And we've got calendars, all sorts of things. Now, here's the cool thing about this. I mean, we've been taking registration all throughout the month at kbrightradio.com forward slash thankful. But... <laughs> You know, here's the deal. Um, we're going to give 29 gifts away to 29 different people. So your chances of winning are astronomically good. So go to kbrightradio.com forward slash thankful. All you have to do is fill in your name, first and last, your email, city that you live in, uh, the station that you listen to. Uh, we're primarily for Kbright listeners at AM 740, AM 1240. And then who do you want to bless? But I'll tell you what. If, in fact, you do choose, you know, to bless somebody, know that it's going to be a blessing for you as well. And you can write down uh, why you want to bless this person, 
Uh, everyone's going to be contacted. you got to give us just some way to contact them. I think we're asking for a phone number. But today, tomorrow, and Wednesday are the last three days you can register. And I just want to give you a chance to make sure that you know <laughs> that this is an opportunity for you. K-Bright Radio, K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com forward slash thankful is where you register for that. Okay, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have a conversation with Raina Oxby who plays Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the brand new movie called It's Christmas Again. If you're feeling a little bah humbug with regard to the Christmas season now officially upon us with Advent starting, um, you won't be after we have this conversation. I guarantee it. Uh, Let's talk to Raina coming up next as the bottom line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today. Wilson Financial Services, honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. 800-696-9970. Just reviewed a client who put money into 3D Alternative versus leaving it in a bank. The results are in and they're fun. It's a fun report. Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. I often wonder why God's people don't do a better job with stewarding God's money. And I personally think one of them is that they've never been told how or why they should be doing it. Maybe they never heard it's God's money and we're only to be the good stewards of it. But just for fun, this turned out Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. This isn't your money. This is God's money. And we want to show you how to be the best possible steward you can be. Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Well, another movie Monday today here on The Bottom Line and a great project, especially now that we've gotten through all that Thanksgiving stuff. And now we're into the Advent season. Of course, that means Christmas. What do we expect but nothing but Christmas movies? But there's one that's standing out right now just because it's got kind of a Hallmark feel, but it's definitely got a very evangelical feel as well. The movie is called It's Christmas Again. And it's in theaters tomorrow, November 29th. It's a one-night-only Fathom Events event, and we have lots of passes to give you an opportunity to win here on the bottom line on Movie Monday. Raina Ozby is uh, one of the stars of the movie. She plays Mary, the mother of Jesus, in this movie, and she's going to look very familiar to you for her work as Abigail in The Chosen, and she's joining me on the phone to talk about this great movie. Raina Ozby, welcome to the Bottom Line Show today. Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us today. I know how busy this is, especially with the media crush and everything that's going on. Talk about this movie. It's Christmas again. This is kind of a, it's the Christmas story that we all know and love. It's got kind of a, it's a wonderful life and uh, the Christmas Carol all kind of woven into a modern setting, but it does have a bit of a plot twist. Talk about that if you would. So it's about a teen who bumps his head and he goes back in time to find the true meaning of Christmas. And uh, Sandra Martin, the writer and director, has done it in a way to make it fun and relevant for the whole family. And it, the, the songwriters, Wes and Quentin, did an, an incredible job with the music. It is really spectacular. Yeah, I'm sure it was a lot of fun for you to be involved in a project like this. What, how did it come about that they, they tapped you? I mean, were they, were they kind of pining after Abigail and the Chosen and said, we've got the perfect role for you? Or how, how did you get involved in this project? Well, I sing and act, so they needed someone who could do both. <laughs> it's a um, musical, so yeah. So Sandra, the director, reached out to my agent, and I I got the role as Mary. I love it. I love it. What's it like? I mean, we we often hear people who've played, you know, iconic uh, characters before. Mm-hmm. And, of course, your work with The Chosen, obviously, they're they're telling the, the story of Scripture. So, obviously, those, you can't get any more iconic than Jesus, the 
the apostles and everything like that. Here you are in this yeah. movie where you got this kid who's on a skateboard. He you know falls off the board, bumps his head, and all of a sudden, not only is he you know looking at the Christmas story from what his current perspective is, he's literally in the time of Jesus. What was it like for you, frame of mind wise, to kind of walk back? Was that maybe the first time you'd ever really kind of looked at the story from that perspective, other than just you know what you've heard at church and what you've seen portrayed in television in the movies? Well, it was incredible to have basically been there because the set was so realistic. Yeah. It was really mm -hmm. incredible to just feel like, just be there and truly feel the feeling. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot happening. I mean, especially, I, I love to see what's happening with, uh, not only with the chosen set, but also with Capernaum, uh, the studio there that, uh, I mean, Texas is becoming the Middle East. I mean, in terms of, you know, <laughs> providing the right backdrop. <laughs> yes, I, I... But there's a lot, there's, I mean, as an actress, I mean, that I'm sure that really does help a lot because you get the, the look and the feel of what it's like to be there, but you're not literally on location, you know, literally living out of a trailer, you know, having to, you know, deal with yeah. all the elements yeah. and like that. There are some of the modern conveniences as well. I'm sure that's a, that's a lot helpful, uh, very helpful for you uh, as a performer. Yes. I actually shot um, The Chosen when I played Abigail there at the same studio same spot maybe not exactly in the same cave uh -huh. but that same spot and it was really cool to be back and it, it was incredible yeah i'll bet that i'm talking with rena ozby today here on the bottom line ozbay if you're googling along with us at home she plays mary the mother of jesus in a brand new movie called it's christmas again it's christmas again movie.com is up at the bottom line show.com you can watch the trailer there and better than just watching the trailer you can watch the entire movie in the theaters uh, it's a Fathom Events event tomorrow, November 29th, and we have t passes. As a matter of fact, I'll give out the phone number now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. And Crystal and Teresa are taking your calls right now as we've got five pa pairs of passes to give away, uh, thanks to our friends at Fandango. Uh, Raina, talk about what it's like for, I mean, this it's got a younger vibe, obviously. There's kind of, I guess you could even throw in a high school musical type of feel to it or something like that. But for younger people, uh, oftentimes when it comes to a Christmas story, we tell it from the perspective of those of us who are further along down the journey and we're looking back and reminiscing, mm -hmm. you know, very tenderly, or it's from the very, very young child perspective, you know, that's almost kind of a precious moments figurine. This is definitely a teen, young adult type of feel in terms of the main characters. Talk about why that is so yeah. important and how Sandra really nailed that with this writing and directing she did. Well, the whole movie spreads a message of hope and joy and that Christmas is a time to reconnect with your family and faith. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool for teens to be able to watch that in a way that Sandra has made it to where it's not, you know, like cringy or whatever you might say. I think right. I think everyone will love it, including teens especially yeah. actually well and that's good this is the kind of thing too we have a lot of parents and grandparents obviously who listen to the bottom line show and i'm always looking for ways that we can get the whole family involved make it a multi-generational experience and i think that was the first thing that really got to me about it's uh, christmas again this great new movie where we've got the trailer up at the bottom line show.com is this is a family event talk about that have you done a lot with fathom and these one night only type of things we talk about how important it is for people to support a movie like it's christmas again in the theaters i mean it's going to be streaming eventually it'll be available you know direct to video that type of thing but there's something about seeing a movie like this what was it like for you the first time you saw it on the big screen well it was i just love the movie it was incredible and it was so special to see just mm -hmm. 
just to see, you know, something I was in. It was yeah. really awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. And what is it? Do, do you see yourself as Raina? Do you see yourself as Mary, the mother of Jesus? I mean, how are you able to kind of separate the two? I mean, obviously it's you, but I mean, do you get to get a chance to say, wow, this is a really great movie and I got to be a part of it? Yeah, I mean, it was incredible to be a part of this. And I, I am able to separate myself from Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I. Yeah. I'm not her, and I don't right. think I'm her. But <laughs> when I um, play the part, of course, I try and imagine myself as if I were her. And then when we're done filming, I'm back to Reina. Yeah, well, and that's it, it's nice to be able to kind of step out because I realize there's sometimes where actors, actresses will really get into a part to the part where they start, you know, kind of identifying so much, and that you, it seems like you have a a pretty healthy perspective. I'm talking with Raina Ozby today here on The Bottom Line. She plays Mary, the mother of Jesus, in a brand new Christmas movie, simply titled, it's a very easy to remember title, It's Christmas Again, and we have a link for it. It's christmasagainmovie.com, up at thebottomlineshow.com. You can see the trailer. Uh, you can get a chance to, uh, you're going to see uh, Raina on screen and say, wow, I, I've seen the shows that I recognize her. She plays Abigail. This is a great, uh, it's a great uh, career opportunity, obviously, for her. When you do, a, a, you know, when you get kind of in the, the, the moment, you know, where you're doing these types of biblically based uh, productions, um, some actors, actresses are concerned about being typecast. Others say, no, this is great because it's really made me, I had a chance to visit the chosen set uh, this past summer and, and to hear people at different stages of their faith journey, you know, some saying, boy, I'm really strong in my faith and this really reinforced it. Others who said, gosh, this really made me kind of look at it in a different way. What kind of impact did playing Mary uh, in the movie It's Christmas Again have on you uh, from a spiritual standpoint, Raina Oski? Well, it's really important to support this type of content in, like, the theater and be merry. And it's made me be more thoughtful about my faith, probably, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and I, I appreciate that because, I mean, th- there are a lot of people in the culture that we're living in right now, I don't want to say who are thoughtless, but maybe a little bit careless with the way we handle it and uh, the way we present it. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, what Peter wrote in his first epistle about, you know, sharing the, the, the reason that we have this hope with gentleness and respect for all people, um, I'm sure there are a lot of people who would look at a project like this and say, well, wait a minute, you know, I mean, you guys think you have all the answers and it might make you, you know, have people come at you more, you know, in terms of social media saying, you think you're so great. So I, I sense the, the humility and the fact that this, uh, being in a project like this, you get the gravity of it. And that's, that's very, very refreshing. Raina Ozby is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. She plays Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the brand new movie called It's Christmas Again, which is in theaters tomorrow. And we are giving away tickets right now here on The Bottom Line Show, 800-227-5278. Give Crystal and Teresa a call. We've got five pair of tickets to give away. Raina, we've got about 60 seconds left in our conversation today. Talk about why uh, why it's important. There are a lot of people are going to say, good for you. She sounds like a nice young lady, and I'm sure this is a great project, but, you know, it's a Tuesday night. I'm, <laughs> I've got other things to do. We're kind of busy. Talk about why you would encourage, I mean, give, give it your best pitch for people to go and pack out the theaters tomorrow night for It's Christmas Again. Well, first of all, there's no reason not to go it's a movie that spreads messages of hope and joy. It's for the entire family, and it is a good movie. It's just, it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah. So there is really no reason not to go, and it's for everyone. And yeah. I think teens will love it, adults will love it, kids will love it, everyone will love it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love that too. Is, 
amazing. Well, yeah, <laughs> that it, when a musical delivers on the musical part, then that that could just be, that's the make or break point. And it sounds like this is uh, you know taking it from someone who was in the thick of this. Uh, Raina Osby says this is a this is a musical that really gets it, and Hollywood doesn't always do that right anymore. So it's nice to see uh, a faith-based production company putting out a movie like this. Uh, Raina yes. Osby has been my guest today here on the Bottom Line. Plays Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the brand new movie called It's Christmas Again. Uh, we've got a link for the trailer at thebottomlineshow.com. It's in theaters tomorrow night. Go see this movie. Rada, I know you're busy with a lot of different media, so thank you for taking some time to share time with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. God's richest blessings, and Merry Christmas from all of us here at The Bottom Line. Yes, Merry Christmas. Thank you for having me. Well, a great conversation, and as I mentioned, we have at least two uh, different, I think we have, we have something like five passes, which is at least two pairs of tickets, all right? 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Taking your calls right now for at least two pair of tickets or one win per. Uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. So we have three pair total. Tamara just handed me the final tally. Three pair of tickets to give away. So it was six codes, three pair. I, I do. I had those numbers wrong. So now we know. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. Let's take a quick break and come back with a really good news story about the housing market and how you can take advantage of the housing market to help save the lives of preborn children. That's all coming up next as the bottom line continues. Bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them. Newport Bay Mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market. Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-227-5278. We've got three pairs of tickets, six separate Fandango codes from our friends at Fandango for the one-night-only <clears throat> screening tomorrow night, November 29th, it's Tuesday night, of It's Christmas Again. What you do is you go to uh, Fandango.com and you'll plug in the code number, but find a theater where it's playing near you. Is it playing in your town? I don't know, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. These usually have five to six to 700 different screens. So please note, you can't just go to any theater. You need to book one ahead of time, and you'll need to know that it's playing somewhere close to you. If for some reason you want to call in and win the tickets, that's great. But if you have a bit of a drive to the theater, that's kind of the way these one night only Phantom event events work. So 800-227-5278, three pair of tickets to give away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line for tickets to see It's Christmas Again tomorrow night in theaters, one night only Fathom Events event.
And thanks to Raina Oxby, who plays Mary, the mother of Jesus, in this outstanding Christmas movie. And I highly recommend, I commend it to you, and I think you're going to have a good time watching it. It's, it's got kind of a musical component to it. It's got the high school musical component to it. It's perfect for kids. It's perfect for grown-ups. It's just a great movie, and I'm super effusive about it. Hey, you know, it's interesting. When you look at what's happening in the economy right now, I, it's, it's, it's tough to be motivated and excited to say, hey, isn't this cool? Um, <laughs> isn't it cool that, um, that so many people are, you know, getting forced out of the housing market and, and affordability is kind of challenging? Well, you know, one time the market looks like it's down for some people, but for other people, it's looking up. As a matter of fact, Redfin.com recently did a study of the number of home buyers who are looking to relocate due to affordability. 34% of Redfin users have been on that website, and they looked at the company's migration report. That's up about uh, 2%. Uh, from the second quarter of this year, it's the highest level since this been. Uh, they started tracking this back in, in 2017. And here's what's the interesting thing: people are moving to what they call the Sun Belt. More people left San Francisco this past summer than anywhere else in the country, according to Redfin. There were over 40,000 people who moved out of San Francisco and moved to places that were a bit easier to afford. Now, a couple of those places are right here in the People's Republic of California, Sacramento is a popular spot. Uh, San Diego, popular spot. Also Las Vegas and Tampa, Florida, ironically. But think about this. Median home price in LA in August was $845,000. Median home price in Las Vegas, four hundred sixteen. People are making that decision all the time. And I encourage you, if you've even thought about doing it, to follow those footsteps. Here's the reason why. Talk to a guy like Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial Services, and he'll say, look, that equity you have in your house right now is only as good as what happens when you sell the house. On paper, it may look great, but with the housing market kind of up and down, now is the time to strike while the iron's hot. Well, what if I only need half the money, you might ask? What do I do with the rest of it? Well, you call Wilson Financial at 800-696-9970 and say, Dennis, tell me about the CD alternatives that you have that are 4D money. Number one, your money will never go down. You can't lose a penny. The stock market's down 25% this year, but I can guarantee you that everybody who has a CD alternative with Wilson Financial did not lose any money. Now, sometimes you make a little more, sometimes you don't, but at the end of the day, the reality is a CD alternative is rock solid guarantee, number one. Number two, you will earn money. It might be a little, it might be a lot. It depends on what it's invested in and what the market's in, but you are going to get a return. Number three, there's an adjustment for inflation. And number four, and this is huge, brothers and sisters, absolutely huge, long-term care benefits. <clears throat> I am, pardon me for coughing your ear there. I'm walking this road with my parents right now. Made the call to Dennis about a month ago and said, my, my folks are moving into an assisted living facility. They need a little extra resourcing hit one of their accounts and said, look, there's long-term care benefit here. That's covering the difference. There's no change for my parents in their situation. Now, your actual results might vary, but I can't stress this enough. If you are at a certain season of life and you got a lot of equity in your home, I encourage you to consider selling your house, moving to a smaller place, maybe a less expensive place, and tapping into the equity and then letting Dennis do his work with that. I 
Can't stress that enough. And you know what else you could do? Why not bless a ministry? How about a ministry like Preborn? We've had bottom line listeners donating all throughout the past couple of months. And we're coming up into December, which is a perfect time. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. It's an excellent time to be thinking about how you can make your money go farther with regard to the nonprofit organizations in your world. Preborn is an excellent investment. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. donation provides an ultrasound, the whole ultrasound treatment for a woman who comes in, gets a pregnancy test, gets an ultrasound, gets to see the baby for the first time, and then gets to hear the heartbeat. And I'll tell you what, it's amazing. We have helped to save over 240 babies and provide one ultrasound machine for a pregnancy health center. Now, when we started out here, the goal was we could do 400 kids or now the goal is 400 and. Can we get another 50 kids saved preborn right now, knowing that there's a very strong chance that their mothers, especially mom comes to the preborn clinic, maybe she walked away from her faith, maybe she grew up in the church but never met Jesus, maybe she's never heard of God outside of profanity before. Nearly 10,000 women last year gave their heart to the Lord because of the ministry of preborn. $28 saves the life of one child, 280 saves the life of 10, 140 saves the life of five. I know there's a bottom line listener right now who can give a $1,400 donation to save 50 kids' lives. If we get three of those, we go for our goal of 400. Will you help us? 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. If you contact Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Services and say, look, I just sold my home. I'm buying a smaller place. I've got some money I'd like to invest. I guarantee you that Dennis is going to say, here's a CD alternative option, and let's talk about helping those babies through preborn." 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com and hit the preborn banner. Still taking your calls on the It's a, Almost Christmas, or It's Christmas Again, rather, movie. We're giving away those tickets right up until the top of the hour, 800-227-5278. Last chance to get your call in and win those tickets. For those of us uh, who listen on KCBC, enjoy the rest of your day. Rabbi Schneider coming up next, Discovering the Jewish Jesus. For those who remain on the network, an analysis, balance, and clarity segment about Alyssa Milano, Nazis, and Tesla, and what we can learn about grace and mercy in this whole ordeal. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I love it when people call in and say, I, that movie sounds so great. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear my conversation with Raina Osby, who's one of the stars of The Chosen, but she's also a star of this new movie called It's Christmas Again, uh, go to thebottomlineshow.com, go to myhopenow.com, and you can hear the conversation in its entirety. Uh, rogermarsh.com is an easy place to find it as well. And, and, and please know that uh, this movie, uh, we've given away the pair of tickets to see it, uh, tomorrow night, but it will be in theaters tomorrow night uh, through Fathom Events. And I'm uh, still taking your calls at 800-227-5278. Movie Mondays, we have lots of movies and movie-type things to give away as well. We'd love to put something in your hands as well. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Hey, something happened over the weekend that uh, I, I want to address here because it's something that I've been concerned with for quite some time. As a matter of fact, I this may turn out to be something more than just a 25-minute rant on the radio here. This might, this might lead to something more. One of the things that I've noticed over the past, let's say, six years, really ever since uh, Election Day 2016, is the polarization of people of different backgrounds, different faith traditions, different political ideologies 
in the country, in the culture. And when you look at it from a conservative versus progressive or liberal standpoint, it's pretty easy to delineate the quote-unquote good guys from the bad guys. But when you start looking at it from the go into all the world and preach the gospel side of it, you begin to realize, well, there are two categories of people in the world, and they're not either Republican or Democrat. They're not either conservative or progressive. They are literally friends of God or enemies of God. And we have a lot of people who profess to be friends of God who have severe disagreements when it comes to politics and uh, you know, the, the, the spending of money or not spending of money and you know, abortion rights and things of that nature. That, that's, uh, that's a bigger issue to be dealt with at a different time. But I want to bring up an issue here, a little analysis, balance, and clarity segment here that I think might be helpful to us as bottom line show listeners simply because of the fact that it would be really easy to dismiss this story out of hand very quickly simply because of one tweet on the internet and a bunch of responses to it. Now, one of the things that the scriptures are very, very clear about for us as Christians is that we should seek wisdom above everything else. And you've heard me talk often about the little continuum, the way I see wisdom unfolding, is there are four stages to get to wisdom. The first station, first part of the equation is information. Excuse me, it's data. You have data that just basically is what it is. It's just numbers. Zeros and ones, X's and O's. There, there's, there's data. Then there's information. You gather the data and compile it together, and it gives you information. And again, the inf information is pretty benign. I mean, it is what it is. It's kind of like saying, okay, the data that we have here is we've been tracking the temperature in Los Angeles, California, every day for the past 20 years. That's data. So that the information is someone compiles it into a report and say, hey, here's the information. This is what we got. Okay, so then the next part of the equation is knowledge. People learn what the information is based on what the data reads, and they gain knowledge. I can look at Los Angeles, for example, and I can take a look at the average temperature in the month of December for the past 10 years based on the data that's compiled in information. And I can look at that and make some decisions about it. Okay, that, that's, that's all very well and good. We have a lot of knowledgeable people in the world. As a matter of fact, you meet many of them on social media. I know this about this. I know that about that. Some people want to believe they know more than they actually do. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is we have a lot of knowledgeable people. We have a lot of knowledgeable Christians. How many, uh, we did a story here not too long ago on a guy who's memorized 20 different books of the Bible. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. What if he weren't a Christian? I mean, think about it. How, that's nearly a third of God's holy inspired word committed to memory. But what if you weren't a Christian? You might say, well, wait a minute. I mean, if you, if you have that much of God's word hidden in your heart, you would have to be a Christian, wouldn't you? But this is the, first, the fourth part of the continuum. The data compiled into information, which is then learned as knowledge, but then there's the wisdom component. How do we, in the body of Christ, get to wisdom? Do a Google search. Count the number of times wisdom is listed in Scripture, and it's talked about in a very positive way, even in an exclusive way. Get wisdom above everything else. Sell everything you have and get wisdom. I mean, it's really, it's, it's huge. And then how do you know it's, wis it's actual wisdom? 
What does the scripture remind us? That wisdom is known by her children. In other words, wisdom can be imparted to other people. And something tells me that in our culture, we've spent way too much time trying to get data. And, or you could say data, I guess there's two different schools of thought. Uh, data, and you can compile that into information, and then you can spin that any way you want to and present it to people as knowledge. You know, a lot of people have been making a big deal about Elon Musk. I, I, I believe it's Elon, that's how I pronounce it, who's the CEO of Tesla. But he, now he's the CEO of Twitter. And he, he, he's done a masterful job, I think, of kind of playing the media, beating them at their own game. This is a guy who had been on Twitter. And, and Twitter, let's face it, less than 6% of the population uses Twitter, if that. I mean, it may be even, well, let me pull up my handy-dandy calculator here because the number of active accounts on Twitter is a little million-something. And there are 335 million people in the U.S. So let's divide that by 3, oh, 3 and 30. How about that? 2, 3, dun, 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 equals. And that gets uh, 1, 2. Is that right? Um yeah, 3% of the world's population or the U.S. population is on Twitter. So does that mean that 97% of the people are missing out? Not necessarily. It just means that a lot of people battle on Twitter. And oftentimes their thoughts and sentiments do reflect what's happening in the world, and oftentimes they don't. But when Elon Musk had been banned one too many times, he actually staged a hostile takeover of the company. He, he bought enough shares of stock to become the biggest board member. He owned 10% of the company. And then he bought it outright from the rest of the company. He actually bought it for twice of the value of the social media platform. And then when Twitter executives tried to back out of it, then he started calling them out and said, well, no, I'm going to step away because you've been jacking up your numbers and half of your accounts are bogus, et cetera, et cetera. And then they actually sued him to buy them out. So now Elon Musk runs Twitter and it's made the left kind of go numb because of the fact that they liked Twitter because Twitter was a very left-leaning, progressive, if you will, social media platform. And if you were a leftist and you posted what you wanted to say on Twitter, then it, you were heralded and celebrated. But if you were a conservative and said, I think Donald Trump's a great president, you would usually get your account shut down. Where this really became problematic was during the uh, pandemic and the number of people who were who were uh, expressing their concerns about mandatory vaccines and um, you know mask mandates, et cetera, et cetera, would voice their concerns on Twitter and Twitter or Meta, Facebook, whatever you call it, were, were taking down, blocking them. This isn't true, et cetera, et cetera. And Twitter just started banning accounts. There's an issue we'll get into a little bit tomorrow about how Twitter was part of the media uh, silencing, if you will, on anything that had to do with not only Hunter Biden and his laptop and what it meant with foreign governments like China and even Ukraine. But also, what did his dad know? Because his dad just happened to be running for president. And now it turns out that apparently uh, there's a lot of information that indicates that then Vice President Biden, now President Biden, knew exactly what his son was doing and was signing off on it. They were selling U.S. influence. I'm going to bring a special agent on from the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Eric Karen is going to join me tomorrow on the program to talk about that. I'm going to, I'm, and I'm not... <laughs> I'm going to ask him a couple of questions and let him do the talking because he's been living this for the past decade, pretty much. 
But Twitter, once again, has become a place where people can voice their opinions and express their opinions. A lot more conservatives are showing back up on Twitter again. And it's actually, to be honest with you, it's kind of a fair fight. I stayed away from Twitter for a while, simply not because I didn't like it. I just it, it didn't seem to, it was so hotly politicized that I'm more of a, you know, hey, how's it going type of person and never really got any traction with it. But I can tell you there's a lot more balance to Twitter based on the fact that that Twitter signs, I signed up for a daily email. Here are some things we would suggest for you. And when Elon Musk was not the owner, almost every single suggestion I got from Twitter was something in the conservative or hard right. And now that Musk is running the company, I get a balance, which is what I want. I want the left. I want the right. I want to see what people are doing. I think we all should as Christians. Anyway, long preamble. Our ABC segment today, Analysis, Balance, and Clarity, is going to take a look at a uh, a Hollywood actress. A television star has achieved a lot of notoriety in her, she's, I think, I don't know if she's 50 or not, but she's been on TV since she was about 10 or 11. And she wanted to make a statement on Twitter, a statement jabbing Elon Musk for his, uh, well, um, (laughs) his white supremacy, among other things. And so she posted a tweet on Saturday morning about how she was going to get rid of her car, a Tesla, and really stick it to Elon Musk because of his support for white supremacy. Well, she has every right to do that. And she has every right to go on Twitter and say, you know what? This is what I'm doing. But her her tweet started out by saying, I gave back my Tesla, and then it went horribly wrong. Why did it go wrong? And what can we in the church learn from what she said? This is not a pile-on Alyssa Milano piece by by any stretch of the imagination. She made an innocent mistake that many people might have made. But the reality is the fact that she was so smug and so absolutely certain that she was really sticking it to Elon Musk. There but for the grace of God go we with some of the things that we present as good and godly that could be misinterpreted as maybe raunchy or worldly. So I'll take a look at what she said and why there's a problem with it. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. I get this comment a couple times a week. You know, should I stay in the market or should I get out? If you like the results of the last two years, stay in. If not, then we've got some great solutions to help you stop the bleeding put the stitches in and then go from there. I personally think that the current administration is going to continue the roller coaster of the market and it's going to be especially hard for those who are living on a fixed income or nearing retirement. It's leading us down the road to where the huge majority of people who are studying what's going on think that a recession is almost here. And so with this administration we have, I would recommend you get away and stay away. Protect your resources in retirement with Wilson Financial Services. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're taking a look. This is an analysis, balance, and clarity segment. And I'm looking at this and hoping that we in the body of Christ can look at the story the way it unfolded and see how we can learn from this. Not dogpile on and say, see, see, she's a hypocrite. I mean, unfortunately, Alyssa Milano proved herself to be a hypocrite. And I say unfortunately not because I'm I'm an Alyssa Milano fan, not really, 
Didn't watch Who's the Boss. It couldn't care less about Charmed. I'm glad she's made a living in Hollywood, but I don't really share her morals and values necessarily. But this is a tweet that she sent out on Saturday where she decided that she was going to do what every consumer has the right to do. If you have a product that's uh, produced by a company that you don't think is right, in her case, she was driving a Tesla because a lot of people are in the impression that driving a Tesla will save the earth. The reality is, I mean, we could go on and on, but the new report that came out even this week that said the carbon footprint of an electric vehicle based on how dirty it is to produce the carbon footprint doesn't really kick in until your car hits 60,000 miles. It basically, you've done more to damage the carbon footprint with an electric car than a gasoline-powered car up until you hit the 60,000-mile mark. So until the electric cars start driving 100, 200,000 miles, uh, it really isn't a fair comparison. And then there's the damage to the the environment, you know, the mining for lithium, the, uh, the, the, the scrap heaps of the turbines and all the different things that we're using that are supposedly green, but wind up making things dirtier for future generations. That, we're not going to argue that here. But this is what Alyssa Milano wrote because she was mad at Elon Musk because she calls him a white supremacist. Quote, I gave back my Tesla. I bought the Volkswagen EV instead. I love it. I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies' products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be a winning business model. Now, that reference, of course, is to the fact that Donald Trump is uh, on there and white supremacists, and Donald Trump had a meeting with a white extremist supremacist over the weekend, along with Kanye West, or the guy who used to be Kanye West, and now he's ye. Uh, Alyssa Milano has been on Twitter since 2009. She has 3.5 million followers. So she is what we would call in the social media world an influencer. In April, when Elon Musk said he was going to buy Twitter, she said, I'm not leaving Twitter. I've never considered leaving Twitter. Does not matter who owns the company. My platform is my platform. I'll be right here continuing to use my voice and sharing truth. So here's the problem. The problem is the Volkswagen line of cars, which was created by Dr. Ferdinand Porsche back in the 1930s, has a rather ominous and auspicious beginning. It seems that when Dr. Porsche and others were trying to put together, I mean, he had his Porsche racing cars that were doing very, very well. He had done some work with uh, uh, the, uh, the Mercedes company, Daimler, that became Daimler Chrysler. Um, this is a guy who was a recipient of the German National Prize for Art and Science. Uh, he won the War Merit Cross, but also... I mean, he was inducted to the International Motorsports Hall of Fame, but during the during World War II, Ferdinand Porsche was a member of the Nazi Party. He was born in the Czech Republic, but he was a Nazi. As a matter of fact, in the 1930s, April 1931, Porsche returned to Stuttgart and founded his consulting firm, that uh, basically uh, picked up some financial backing from his son-in-law, who was an Austrian attorney. He successfully recruited several former co-workers that he had befriended at former places of employment. And then their first project was to design a middle-class car uh, for a company called Wanderer. By the time 1932 rolled around, well, 
1934 then, he received a contract from Adolf Hitler to design a car called the People's Car, or Volkswagen. This was uh, following on his previous designs from a 1931 Type 12 car called the Zundapp. The first two prototypes were completed in 1935. They were followed by several further pre-prototype batches in 36 and 37, all the way up to 39. So basically, oh, by the way, Ferdinand Porsche, the founder of Volkswagen, was a Nazi and created Volkswagens as basically part of the Nazi machine. So let me read you Alyssa Milano's tweet once again, and then you can see where the problem is. On Saturday, she announced to the world on her 3.5 million followers on Twitter that she got rid of her Tesla, stick it to you, Elon Musk, and bought a Volkswagen electric vehicle instead. I gave back my Tesla, she wrote. I bought the Volkswagen EV instead, and I love it. Then talking about Twitter and who advertises and how the platform makes money, she said, I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. It's a publicly traded company's products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy that does not seem to be a winning business model. The Twitterverse responded by giving her a bit of a history lesson. From the Libertarian Party of Tennessee, uh, Volkswagen, they wrote back. Uh, Who are they founded by? Radio host Jennifer Barreto Leva wrote, someone clearly does not know the story of Volkswagen. Poor thing. Uh, Mark Hemingway wrote, nothing says I'm concerned about white supremacy like buying a car from a company that was founded by the Nazi party. Um, Music composer Deborah Lurie, buying a Volkswagen in righteous defiance of white supremacy, I can't tell who's doing dark parody at this point. And then finally... Um, History.com noted, on May 28, 1937, the government of Germany, then under the control of Adolf Hitler of the National Socialist Party, a.k.a. the Nazis, formed a new state-owned automobile company, then known as Gesellschaft zur Vorderbank, Deutschen Volkswagens. Later that year, it was simply renamed Volkswagen Work, or the People's Car Company. The U.S. Holocaust Museum added, on May 26, 1938, Nazi dignitaries gathered near Fall Fallersleben in northern Germany to lay the foundational stone for the Volkswagen works. The Fuhrer himself was present, predicting that this Volkswagen, initially known as what it was, would be, quote, the symbol of the National Socialist People's Community, end quote. Now, I got a couple of things to share with regard to Alyssa and the virtue signaling, but also I just a reminder for those of us in the body of Christ who would be tempted to jump on the dog pile and kind of bury this young woman on social media. Uh, Take a few extra minutes here to do that. So let's take a break now, come back with my thoughts on the Volkswagen kerfluffle in just a moment as the bottom line continues. When's the last time you got such tremendous value out of spending $1 every day? on something that was very, very important. You know, when you make a donation of $28 to Preborn on a regular basis, $28 every month, that's less than a dollar a day, and that $28 practically guarantees that you're going to save a baby's life physically and also spiritually. Roger Barsh here for Preborn, the outstanding pro-life health centers that I am recommending you make a donation to, especially here at the end of the year. 833-850-BABY is the number to call or go online to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com and click on the 
the Preborn banner. 100% of what you donate to Preborn today goes directly to providing ultrasounds. They do separate fundraising for overhead and administrative costs, so 100% of what you give today goes to saving babies. And you know what? (laughs) The beautiful thing is what is raised here stays here as well. I want to challenge you here. How many children do you have? How many grandchildren do you have? Lisa and I have six children and four grandchildren. We have donated to save 10 babies on a couple of different occasions to preborn. It's $28 saves one baby. It's $140 saves five babies. It's 280 that saves 10. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio or rogervarsh.com. Click on the preborn banner today. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, We're talking about Alyssa Milano, the actress who really, quote unquote, stuck it to Elon Musk by tweeting out, I gave back my Tesla. I bought the VW electric vehicle. I love it. I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies' products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be a winning business model. Evidently, Alyssa Milano did not know of the Nazi history of the Volkswagen brand. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. Up until a couple of months ago, neither did I. True story. (laughs) I knew that there was a connection in terms of Adolf Hitler saying, I like what Porsche is doing. And I think we should be marketing these things so people have a people's car, kind of a low cost thing. Had no idea that the Nazi foundational thing was we laid the cornerstone, that this, that Porsche was a Nazi. I mean, hey, I read a lot. I've driven, I've owned Volkswagens before. Lisa and I were looking at this Study going, wow, this is crazy. But here's the reason why I bring this up. Not to say that I sympathize with Alyssa Milano. I really, I can empathize in terms of her not knowing. But the greater issue here, I believe, is something that all of us as human beings, especially as Christians, can fall victim of. And that's this. She had a very thin argument lined up with which she thought she could score points with her followers. And quite frankly, if Twitter had been the old Twitter... She could have made that claim and all sorts of leftists would have said, yeah, yeah, you stick it to him. Get rid of your Tesla because he's a white supremacist. Without even realizing that the car she bought was in fact part of a brand that was founded by the Nazi party. My hunch is that Elon Musk as an African-American now, South African, you know, the whole apartheid type of thing, He's probably further away from that than Alyssa Milano's car is to the Nazi party. But let's take a look at this for what it is, brothers and sisters. How many times have we looked at our political parties, our political candidates, the people that we like, and said, you know what? Everything they do is fine because their political values line up with mine. How often do we put ourselves in the situation where going into all the world and preaching the gospel we put ourselves in a better position to try to get someone to change political parties than to shift from enemy of God to friend of God. And usually it's because we don't know what we're talking about. How many of us will throw Paul out there with Philippians 4.13, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, meaning that God is kind of my ATM, my wild card. He'll do whatever I want. All I have to do is just tell everybody I love God and my life's going to go perfectly. And then you begin to realize, wait a minute, Paul wrote that to a church that was in conflict, that was in turmoil. Paul said, look, of all people who can make this claim, it's me, because I'm the one who used to stone Christians. I'm the one who literally was on my way to arrest more of the followers of the way, according to violating Jewish law. 
when I was on the road to Damascus and God blinded me to save me. Verses like Jeremiah 29, 11 and Philippians 4, 13, if we take them out of context, we're not presenting the true gospel. The true gospel is really very simple. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We're born in sinful, fallen world. Apart from Christ, we can't free ourselves. But thanks be to God that he sent his son, whose birth we celebrate during this Advent season and commemorate on December 24th and 25th. The birth of Jesus ushers in God's plan of redemption for all people who will believe that God will raise Jesus from the dead after his death on the cross and that Jesus' blood pays the penalty for your sin and my sin. Now, how many times do we work so hard to win a political argument in social media that we wind up blowing our witness in the process? How many times have we gone off half-cocked and crazy about a political candidate without taking into consideration that 80% of America really does want the same thing? They want strong morals and values. They want families to matter and to be protected. They want the truth to win out, and they want to believe that there is a measurably objective standard for truth. We know that's there, but if we get too caught up in the world, the progressives are going on pure emotion, and a complete disregard for logic and actual truth. But one day every knee will bow and one day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And every tongue that does confess is not going to heaven. They're just restating the obvious that we all have written in our hearts and that we all know to be true. Whether we live like that or not, may our words be seasoned. May they be sweet morsels. As one writer one time put it, Make my words sweep in case I have to eat them later. May we be more focused on what is right than who is right. Because the who is going to keep coming and going. The popular, the influencers are going to change year to year. But the what is right and what is true and what is lovely, those are the things that we should be meditating on and reflecting in the culture. That's the good news and that's the bottom line. 